to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. Today we are starting a two-part series titled 10 Ways to Create Engaged Employees as a Servant Leader. To help me go through these points is our Director of Content and Curriculum, Carol Malinsky. Hi Carol, glad to talk with you today. Good to see you as always, Brian. Yeah, and so uh, to, to kick this uh, podcast series off, I just <laughs> wanted to ask you an initial question of what's so important about creating engaged employees? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, whether you're responsible for two people or 20 people, you have a great uh, opportunity to build a strong team in your department within the context of a bigger organization. I think this is especially um, important for those of you out there who are want to be servant leaders, who are servant leaders, who are in the struggle every day, and you may be in an organization that has absolutely um, no intention of becoming servant-led or, or uh, employing those kind of practices. So you sort of feel like the Lone Ranger. Mm. But we're here to tell you, you know, take heart. You don't need to feel that way. Um, there are things you can do within your department um, that will help you to operate in a better way and really get all of the people that report to you on board. Um, so uh, we know how important engagement is. And studies are showing that, and this is actually a study that's probably two, not about two years old, mm. showing that 70% of employees are not engaged at work. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. And we don't believe that that's what people really want for their 40 hours a week that they go to work. No. So it's uh, it's important that we work to engage them. It's our responsibility um, to try and motivate our teams. And it's also their responsibility to, to become motivated. So it, it has to be a two-way street. So we're going to go through the first five. Mm-hmm. Is that my my plan for the, our plan for this morning? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said before, we'll be uh, we'll be addressing all ten ways over uh, the next two weeks of podcasts. Uh-huh. So for today, we'll just attack the first five and properly define those. Great. Um, so, would you like to to kick it off with just the first point? Sure. So the first point is, and there's and there's really no. Uh, um, hierarchy here. You know, mm. These are 10 points and you can employ them however uh, you feel best. So the first one is to involve the team in decision making. And there's <laughs> probably some of you out there shuddering at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> it's early, so take it easy. Um, to involve the team in decision making. So Think about how you feel when somebody asks your opinion on something. Um, that's a really good feeling, particularly if it's your boss or, you know, um, as well as a coworker. Just, you know, to solicit how you're feeling about things. What do you think is a potential solution? 
um, is very, very important. And making sure that people know you value their input. But this one gets tricky because Mm -hmm. sometimes people feel, well, she asked for my opinion. That means we're going to go with my opinion and act Uh, on it. mm -hmm. When in fact, it may not be possible for you to implement whatever solution is being suggested to you. You as the leader are looking at big picture, hopefully, um, strategic kind of things. And so your employee may have a fantastic idea, but it may be just impossible in the confines of your budget, for example, yeah, um, to follow through in that way. So your group needs to understand that. They need to understand, and they can understand, that there are other factors involved when you're going through that decision-making process. Mm. So... But the key thing is that you asked them. Yes. And you made them a part of the conversation that they had. I like to say, give them a seat at the table, but also give them a say Mm. at the table. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and solicit those ideas, and and they will appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah. I think, you know... Yeah, being a, being optimistic for their responses, genuinely mm-hmm. optimistic, mm-hmm. I think, is really yeah. good too. So there's like a um, uh, a a trick here that you need to make sure that you're coming in with sincerity when yeah. you're trying to do sure. this too, and not looking at it. Yes, this is a strategy. But if you're not all in with your sincerity, they're going to know right away, okay, they're wanting my opinion, but they, they don't, don't really, really use it <laughs> kind of thing. They're just trying to be amicable. or Well, you know. and that's why it's important to continue this communication. It isn't just, I've asked you for your ideas, you've given me some ideas, and now you never hear from me again? Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. Yep. As leader, you've got to go back, follow up, whether it's in your one-on-one meetings or in a department meeting, and let them know, um, you know, the outcomes and that, you know, maybe their ideas were were considered. You, you know, you should verbalize that and talk about it so that they'll understand and feel, continue to feel appreciated. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and giving credit too, right? Yeah. Making sure oh, absolutely. That, that you're crediting yeah. the person who's who's uh, right. giving the good suggestions. And it's, you know, and it's for the leader, it's also something to, you know, one more thing to keep track of. But, you <laughs> know, be watching for those employees that are willing to step out, engage, mm-hmm. and give you an idea. Because mm-hmm. those are, those could turn into your little gems in the department. So, you know, you need to to look at that and keep track of it, and it's going to help you when it comes review time and you have to evaluate people. You know, if you know who it was that gave you this idea or was willing to participate constantly in the decision-making process, mm. regardless of the outcome. Yeah, and I, and I think, too, it does shed a light on um, uh, a... a potential situation if you do run across suggestions that won't work and you know that they won't work mm. because you're mm-hmm. you know um on the front lines of that yeah. you know yeah. of those uh, strategic plannings um going on it's a great opportunity for you to further communicate 
where the business is and where or where the department is and the constraints that you know mm-hmm. the business may be under and bringing it all to you know the same reality um with your coworkers too you know don't just simply say oh we can't do that um look at it as an opportunity for you to you know uh uh transfer your information your knowledge of uh you know the reality of the business to you know, the people who are offering up these ideas because they may not know, you know, anything. I know that I, I have that happen with, um, you know, our social media strategy uh, meetings or video strategy meetings, marketing strategy meetings. And sometimes there's ideas that are that are brought up that I just know, um, you know, uh, it's it's going to it's going to take require too much time um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that that we don't have at that particular mm-hmm. time, or maybe we're needing to focus on a different initiative at that time. Um, and it's it's up to me um, to uh, look at that as an opportunity to um, to further communicate exactly what I'm thinking and what's going on in my head, and um, and uh, you know bringing them into that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be talking a little bit more actually about this communication issue um, later in the program. But um, one of the things to be careful of is, you know, someone has an idea, you know, it can't be done or you believe it can't be done. There's a line there between what you know and relying on what you believe to be true, right? So I guess what I'm really saying is keep an open mind. Yeah. Even when people are giving you those ideas, um, in some cases they're going to sound like, you know, crazy. But in other cases, you know, a re-looking, a refreshed look um, might be worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. So just something to be careful of. Yeah, Totally. Okay, well, so let's hop into the second um, second way that you can create or increase engagement. Um, this one is uh, let them choose their tools. Right. This is one of my favorites because it really um, kind of developed in my brain when I went to a Greenleaf conference some years ago. We were just beginning um, our journey into servant leadership and transforming the culture at Daytron World Communications to a servant-led organization. And so being the smart leader that he is, Mr. Barter <laughs> sent, sent uh, you know, his leadership team to Greenleaf at that time. It was long before SLI had its servant leadership conferences. <laughs> and when I was at that event... I heard Howard Behar speak, who was one of the founders of Starbucks. And it was Mr. Behar that actually told this story of, you know, letting people choose their tools. So he said, you know, if you want somebody to mop the floor, then let them choose the broom. Mm. And, you know, this light bulb went on in my head because I work in a at that time, in uh, a manufacturing environment. 
And it's so true, you know, the folks that are actually uh, putting equipment together know what they need. Yeah. And we need to listen to what they need. Mm. And we also need to remember that tools aren't just hammers and screwdrivers and things like that. Tools are the computer system you work on. Yeah. Um, the program that's going into that commute computer system. Mm-hmm. When uh, Datron changed their uh, computer tool, uh, they made sure that they had an implementation committee that was made up of people from every group in the company. Oh, wow. So that, you know, you didn't leave anybody out. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they all had a chance to contribute to that process. Um, so it's very important in areas that can be done in software. Um, just, you know, anything that's going to equip your employees let them have, you know, let them choose if at all possible and let them have a say in those tools because mm-hmm. who knows best what they need than the people doing the job. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say to people in businesses, you know, the leaders of businesses that may have budgetary conflicts with being able to, you know, exactly meet what, um, you know, their employees are are requesting. Right. Well, <clears throat> I think, of course, you need to take a look at overall big picture. Is that really true? You know, can I take from, <laughs> is there any way that I can fund it with, with what I have in my budget and be really open to being creative with that? Um, but if you can't, then again, it's becomes a communication hmm. issue Something that, you know, you can go to the employee and say, you know, I wasn't able to to get you exactly what you asked for, but hopefully this will work for you. And, uh, you know, or can't get this for you right now, but let's revisit it three months from now, you know, because maybe things will have changed by then. If it's an absolute necessity, of course, you're going to have to go ahead and, and get it. Mm-hmm. but with, with what you can. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, the communication is really key so that people don't feel like their request went off into the black hole. Yeah. And, you know, nobody cares. Yeah. Because then it becomes, if nobody cares, then I don't care. Mm-hmm. There goes the engagement. Yeah. So, so again, keeping them in the loop, yep. making sure that they are a part, continuing to be a part of the conversation, right. Right. Um, even if you the conversation you know is going to end, <laughs> let them know, you know, uh, let you know, c- keep them engaged in in letting them understand clearly, understand why it is ending for now or on pause for now. Right. Um, that's great. Right. Um, so let's go into the third way that you can create engaged employees. Um, ask for their input in difficult situations. Yeah. Um, this really has to do with conflict. Okay. Is there conflict going on between teams? Is there conflict going on within your team? Mm. Um, and really, it needs to be addressed, if at all possible, in an open fashion. Now, there are going to be issues 
that need to be dealt with privately. So let me just, you know, HR can be your best friend. (laughs) So (laughs) don't forget that. And go to them for, you know, advice. Um, Let them know what's going on. But to talk to your group openly about conflict that may be happening. Um, Now you've brought it out of the darkness. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, ask their input about how they think it might best be involved. Mm -hmm. If it's a situation where you do need to mediate between two people, then, you know, I would get the advice of, of HR, um, and uh, but you got to really, you know, if you if you are addressing two folks in a in a private manner, then um, first of all, you've got to be extremely discreet, and you know, confidentiality is very important. Yeah. Um, so you've got to assess this before and make sure that. You know, the, the conflict point is something that you can discuss in the department as a whole. Um, so here's a really interesting way that we can use our servant leader behaviors in that kind of a situation. If you start talking about company values or servant leadership behaviors, now it takes it to a less personal level. For example, we decided in the department that our, you know, we're not going to call one another names, even in a teasing way, because somebody may get offended, and people perhaps were getting offended. Um, And so you bring that out, and you say, you know, something like, is that really, you know, employing our company value of honoring and respecting all people? So you're taking it away from this sort of personal pointed attack on somebody to here's what we decided we were going to do as a group. We were going to follow these values and we were going to, you know, work on these behaviors. So it it takes it out of this super personal kind of thing. You have something you can concrete you can refer to and say, well, it's not me that's saying this. We all decided we were going to follow this, these behaviors. Right. And so that can be really effective at sort of diffusing some of the emotion, you know, that's not you that's making a, a sort of a personal attack on anybody. So, um, but asking their input on, you know, resolution of the situation, um, I think is really important and certainly um, engaging mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes down to issues like that. Um, so you're always going to be looking for positive ways that you can resolve these kinds of situations and work on know, mending those relationships so that the conflict doesn't continue. Mm. Well, and and to in any in any given difficult situation like we've been outlining the putting on 
the listening hat and mm. really being <laughs> diligent Absolutely. on listening to understand. I mean, we're talking about difficult situations, so it is um, – you know, going to be assumed that tensions might be high <laughs> and mm-hmm. people's emotions might be, you know, kind of running amok and and they may not uh, be able to, you know, logically outline every single thing that's going on in the right way and in the right um, uh, language for you. So making sure that you can be very discerning um, by allowing them to go through this Mm -hmm. and you being able to allocate enough time to, you know, listen to understand and making sure that you're giving that conversation, that breathing room that it does require. Um, And it just gets compounded in complexity the moment that you include more people into that conversation, right? right? So if you are doing, and that's why I think that does show another element of importance with with in, the inclusion of HR too. Yeah, is that you know if you're if you're the leader and you have multiple, um, you know, coworkers that you're trying to help at right. once. Right, and, and and you're gonna. I mean, if you have a group of twenty people, yeah, and you've only got two involved in conflict, there's gonna be a smaller sort of subset. I think that you can address. Yes. You know, the two people that are involved and maybe their closest co-workers or something like that. Um, but, you know, you, you certainly, there are, in most cases, you're not going to want 20, 25 people Oh, yeah, totally. Involved. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. looking for positive ways to resolve uh, these difficult situations and, and keeping people engaged uh, throughout the whole time is going to be you know, your best bet. And asking questions. Yes. You know, we've, we've learned the importance of questions. Um, you know, especially if you are going to use those behaviors and your company values, then questions are really valuable at, at pointing that out. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think, you know, the one that we drive home to people all the time is the tell me more. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, in my personal growth here, any time that I've been struggling with something, either work-related or outside of work even, um, you know, the tell me more question is really, really helpful because as the person that is um, uh, omitting, you know, the problem um, and, and desiring someone to listen, having them be there and it almost ends up becoming a tell for me if if I, whether or not I'm becoming uh, or whether or not I am being the most clear that I can be with my dilemma. So if I am uh, doing a poor job at communicating or only giving a part of the image, um, uh, part of the picture, I'll be hearing that tell me more. And so as, you know, as the, as the person that's trying to describe what's going on, um, it is actually really helpful uh, because I know, okay, I, I need to be more clear or I need to come at this at a different angle. Um, or I just know that my leader is, is trying to get all the information that they possibly can before they respond, which is, it's a very pleasant and validating feeling to know that, um, you know, you have a leader that is 
wanting to know all sides of what's going on mm-hmm. and all aspects of what the dilemma is. So yeah, I think that's that's great. So let's hop over to uh, number four. Can you tell our listeners what the fourth way is? Yeah, it's to it's to ask for their ideas. Now this may sound like you know um, involving them in decision making. There is a distinction here. This is you want their good ideas, mm. and they have good ideas. Yeah. And uh, one example of this is um, Datron uses a PIP program, and the PIP program is you know people submitting their ideas and they have a committee that figures out well what if we implemented this change what would be the um, cost savings oh. and then the employee if if it is chosen as a valid idea that can be implemented if it is implemented then the employee gets 10% of the cost savings Oh, that's great. So that's a real incentive for folks, for sure. And, um, you know, it is a factor that that can affect engagement. If you've got some kind of program like that where you are acknowledging people's great ideas. Um, You know, maybe you can't do something like that, but maybe it's just a case of, once again, where you as the leader keep track of their good ideas, um, and it, it'll be invaluable for you when it, end of the year comes and you have to do those uh, performance appraisals, or maybe you're doing performance updates quarterly with your employees, which is a wonderful thing. You have material here that you can discuss with the employee. This was really great when you brought this idea up. Um, keep them coming kind of thing. Um, another way you can encourage that is by letting your group know that you can they can always come to you when they have a problem they can bring you the problem but when they come they should come with a solution to the problem oh, I like so that. <laughs> I can tell I can tell you you're my my leader I'm gonna come to you Brian and I'm gonna say here's my problem and oh, by the way, here's a couple of ways I think we could resolve this. So that shows you as the leader that um, I'm, I'm definitely an engaged employee. I didn't just have a problem and go, oh, goodness, you know, somebody's, somebody's got to fix this for me. Definitely. <laughs> this is... You know, I've thought about this. I've thought it through, and here's what I think we can do. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to say to your leadership, I care about my job and about how it's done and about the success of the company. You know, I'm definitely on board, you know, if I'm coming with solutions. Yeah. And so what I think that what what it's sounding like to me is the leader is the is the one that needs to first establish that expectation. Yes. So if you so if you're a leader out there and you know that you do have, um, you know, employees 
that come to you regularly with problems with no intended solution or, you know, uh, they, they haven't thought about it at all, you know, establishing that expectation first and saying, okay, mm-hmm. for, you know, f- from, from now on, or just do it, you know, case by case basis and say, okay, well, what do you think that we can do here? You know, and, and putting it back to them and doing it again with sincerity and, right. the, you know, and and uh, uh, and people will know that uh, that you are actually eager to have them, you know, uh, strategize, do their own strategizing on what can be a correction to it. Yeah. And and allow them to, to be free with their ideas. Right. Right. Uh, I think as as far as um, setting in, setting up this kind of environment, it's almost like twofold, a twofold process. One is you've got to tell everybody up front, here's how we handle it when we have a, a problem, right? Uh, you come to me, tell me you have a problem, bring your suggested solutions with you. Yeah. But They've also got to set yourself up so that when they do come to you, you kind of reinforce what you may have just taught in a larger meeting. You've mm-hmm. got to say, okay, this is your problem. Did you, you know, what do you think are the solutions? What are a couple of things we can do if they haven't already told you? Yeah, definitely. So both, I think both things are necessary. Oh, totally. Because people are, the tendency will be, for, you know, you're going to set it up with people. You're going to tell them very clearly what your expectation is. They're going to come to you. They're not, not going <laughs> to <they're not laughs> have the solutions initially because they won't know you're serious about it until you walk them through it. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a threshold here, too, I think, that, you know, I don't um, – we're, we're also not saying that you end up – um, going too hard down this line and people feel like they can't come to you when right. they have a problem and they need to go ahead because and do all this research <laughs> to try and figure out how to solve the problem themselves. Um, there's, there is this balance of, of um, again, keeping this open communication where you as the employee are showing that you want, you, you know, the, the best for um your own personal work performance and right. the the prosperity of the company and saying, okay, I am really hitting a wall here. I don't, I really don't know what to do. Or, hey, this is happening. I have a feeling I know what's going on. Um, I need to go ahead. And I, I'm, I'm going to try a few things and then I can come back to you with it. But, you know, I just want to let you know that this may be, you know, a problem for us. Right. Um, and, and, you know, that also <laughs> shed some light on being um, as uh, predictive as possible, too, is, is always great. But, um, you know, again, keeping that open communication allows all those all, all these different scenarios to play out, you know, quite nicely in comparison to, you know, the other. Right. The yeah. Other I mean, your suggested resolution to the problem could be, hey, this is way above my head. Yes. You know, I don't understand it. I need some. You know, I need someone else that I can go to that's had some experience in this area or whatever it may be. Yeah. Because um, sometimes that's genuinely going to be the solution. Yeah. I think um, just to just to bring up a, an interesting example, um, 
I was able to go over and watch a training of a new product in development with uh, with our parent company, Datron. And uh, they were rolling out a new radio. And so they had this time where all of the um, all of the technicians, the people who would be assembling these radios, um, were going through this training um, uh, curated by the engineers who designed the radio. And it was a really cool time because, yes, there was a presentation, and yes, the engineers were there to teach all of the techs, but the techs felt incredibly liberated and to um, and free to bring up any question that they had. And um, it was really interesting to watch the engineers and how they were receiving people's questions because they would uh, they would be very discerning whether that was an easy question to answer or whether it needed to have further conversation and maybe it needed to be addressed later after the meeting. Um, and there were a few times where the technicians had ideas that the engineers had not thought of just yet. Mm-hmm. And to see the excitement in the engineer's demeanor, uh, that they would be happy to talk afterwards. And, oh, my gosh, we didn't even think about that. Or, um, th- yeah, we could build this out this way um, or shorten up the process here. It was just a really good back and forth and a really, really great example of, of ideas being shared, concerns being addressed, mm-hmm. and that open communication happening between departments, um, two departments that work hand in hand with one another, but intimidation factor completely down, mm-hmm. you know, uh, little to none, you know. So, um, so yeah, I just thought that that was yeah. a really cool example. And when that environment exists then you're not afraid to engage. Yeah. Because I think a lot of this disengagement is fear-based. Yeah, totally. Or, uh, you know, being in an organization that has set up so many stages, bureaucratic, you know, steps to try and get something across to someone else. Um, Yeah, working in silos like we always, uh, you know, address. But... um, you know, yeah, it could be that that could be very problematic and just slow down the process of everything because these were guys that were, um, you know, just talking back and forth over, a, you know, a two hour period. And, you know, some some great advances were made mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So let's go over to our fifth way that you can uh, create engaged employees um, or improve engagement in your work. Um, the fifth one is, uh, the idea of communicate business results, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed. This is obviously very important. And, um, having worked in both kinds of environment, power environments and in servant led environments, um, I find that the attitude sort of seems to be in the, in the power situation, um, well, they're not going to understand any of this, so we just won't tell them mm. um, because they can't understand it. And, you know, <laughs> that's really not true. Um, and it, it becomes a matter of how you present 
the information, not the fact that folks can't understand the information. Um, it's wonderful to have a monthly communication meeting. Um, optimal, of course, if that's coming from the very top of the organization, but if it can't, um, maybe in a, a smaller context it can be done. And this is where you communicate to the employees what the status of the business is, what's going on in the business. And you can give results, whether they're good or bad, and you should give them whether they're good or bad. Um, there are going to be some things always that are confidential, and that's fine, but folks can still be told that, you know, and they can see when you show financial numbers, you know, if you make them, um, you know, don't give them 40 financial number, numbers, give them a select few that will show them what's going on um, from a, a, you know, revenue standpoint, some sales numbers, you know, things that, that you feel are relevant uh, so that people can see, oh, yeah, that's not good or that's great, we're doing fantastic. Um, it shows that we respect employees when we do that and that we trust them. And um, the other thing it helps to address is, this is you know another one of my favorite sayings, you're always going to have people who get information like this and if it is negative, they overreact. Mm. And will run around the building saying, you know, this is horrible, we didn't have a good month, what else horrible is going to happen? I call those people Henny Penny. <laughs> and I don't know if you know who Henny Penny is, but she was in a children's book many, many, many years ago, and she's obviously a hen. And she runs around all of the time saying the sky is falling. Because she got hit with a chip of something from out of the, you know, taller than she was. So she thought it was coming from the heavens. And so she would <laughs> run around all the time saying, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Well, we all have employees in our organizations that say the sky is falling. Yes. And it can be very destructive when you have a supervisor or a manager that has that nature of henny penny um, because other people say see it and it scares them um, so that's why these type of open communication meetings are so important because if you have somebody running around saying the sky is falling all the time people are going to listen to that person yep and not know that, not have any truth that they can fall back on. So very important to, to communicate the business results honestly. Now, the other thing that you can, you can do in this format, and Mr. Barter, our, our founder and CEO, does this very well. He will stay in that meeting until every question is answered. Sometimes people don't ask questions because they're afraid to ask questions. 
and you can't get them over it no matter what, what you do. You can have the best, most wonderful servant-led organization in the world, and you're always going to have a few people that have trouble. They want to ask the question, but they just can't do it in front of other people. Um, sometimes art spends some time. If that happens and people aren't asking questions, he will pose the question himself and answer it. There are other leaders in the group that will ask questions even though they know the answer. But they want people to be able to hear the answer. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really important that you hang in there the whole time. And he would just keep saying to people, look, I'm staying here as long as you guys have questions, so you might as well, <laughs> you might as well ask me. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's no question you can't ask. So really important if you want an engaged workforce to communicate with them honestly about the condition of the business. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I and I love the the fact of making sure that um, you know this communication is r- regular and. Uh, um, like you said, monthly communications is ideal, um, but uh, you know, setting it up so that people, I think, uh, you know, regularity allows people to anticipate when when mm-hmm. they're going to be able right. to get the next batch of you know status update on the on the business at large. Um, so I think that that's comforting for people too. Right. But also, again, let me let me just say that if this isn't happening, you know, at, um, say, the corporate level or the, you know, a higher level in your organization, doesn't mean you can't discuss those things at your department level. Okay. You know. Yeah. Once a month to just say, you know, maybe you want to talk about if you're dealing with orders or something like that, you know, you might know the sales status from from on certain orders you can mm-hmm. communicate that to people um there's lots of ways you can you can fulfill that communicating openly on a monthly basis right perfect yeah. okay so um i'd like to take just a moment here to recap what we have addressed so far so um, I'm just going to run through the five ways that we had uh, uh, the five different ways that we addressed so far. So number one was involve the team in decision making. Number two was uh, talking about let uh, letting them choose their own tools. Uh, three, uh, the third way was ask for their input in difficult situations. Four was ask for their ideas. And then five was communicate business results honestly. So as we're as we're kind of wrapping up here, Carol, do you have any final thoughts, uh, kind of a conclusion for us to be uh, thinking about? Well, you know, I thought about this uh, this morning, knowing that you were going to ask me for final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. And yeah, <laughs> and I think there's one way that isn't in this list. It's not anywhere in the 10, I don't believe. But it's simply showing gratitude. Mm. And actually, in, in, a, in a tangible way, by that I mean, you know, to just, in that time when I know you're spending with your employees, <laughs> <laughs> that you, you know, get out of the office, 
and go and thank somebody who's doing a job for the organization. Um, you know, some people think, well, you know, they're hired, they're getting a salary, they should just do their jobs, and, you know, I, I shouldn't have to thank anybody for doing what they're getting paid to do. Um, and to that I say, if you want engaged employees, then show them that you care about them and thank them periodically for what they do. Mm. It's very, very... Think how you feel, you know, when... Turn the table, walk a mile in somebody's shoes, and think about how you feel when someone tells you thank you or thank you, that was a great job. Thank you that that you were really kind to that person that you had conflict with a week ago, and we talked about conflict. So, so many ways we can express gratitude to the people that work with us in the organization. You know, they they have a a, a goal too, mm-hmm. and uh, it just means so much to them when you thank them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that it brings up to. You know, the nature of a whole lot of our jobs requires a um, a bit of monotony mm-hmm. in the day to day. Yeah. Yeah, in the day to day. So what we're really talking about is and and why it's so important to show gratitude is it breaks up that monotony and it shows a uniqueness to the day. It shows a genuine, you know, uh a genuine change of uh, of positivity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if as the as the leader, just you know, be aware that you can be a conduit to that. You can be that change maker in people's lives um, that are clocking, punching in, punching out. You know, <laughs> understanding that they are playing a very long game here. Every mm-hmm. all of us are in the exact same long game and that's called the the game is called the uh, your career and you know you start when you're you know 18 or 20 um and you don't stop you know most people don't stop until they're 65 or older so that's a very long game to play and if you're not getting anything that breaks that up in any way and all of these things, in the engagement piece is what breaks those days up is and making sure that that you want and you're desiring people to be excited to go to work. Mm-hmm. And that excitement is based around their engagement level and, and how how included they feel in their job and how important they feel in their job. And uh and yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I agree with all of these, but um, definitely that gratitude piece is a, is a huge one for well, sure. Well, and it's so simple. I mean, yeah. you know, what are we hanging on to our gratitude for? Yep. <laughs> you know, it was meant to be passed on to other people. Yeah. And uh, it goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, we really are talking about one of the biggest fundamentals of servant leadership in, in right. general, of, of having that mindset yeah you know of of giving to others you know Mm -hmm. and gratitude's 
gratitude is one of the easiest things that you can do. It's just genuinely saying thank you or you're doing a great job. Awesome. Well, that was a great conversation. So thank you once again for going through these uh, first five ways uh, of creating engaged employees. So next week, we will be going through another five ways. Uh, so uh, please come back for that. We'll be, we'll be concluding this short series. Um, so we will uh, be having a free gift to go along with this series. Uh, to receive a downloadable PDF of the 10 ways to create engaged employees as a servant leader, just email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com with the title, Creating Engaged Employees, and we will send it over to you. And lastly, we will be having a public workshop on November 7th, which will be an introduction to servant leadership. For more information on that, visit our website at servantleadershipinstitute.com. You can register there, you can get all the details, and we're just, we'll be so happy to see you guys um, in person. So that's all we have for you today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you once again for allowing us to add value to your day. 